Welcome back to the third and final installment of the Japanese segment of World Trickster Figures. This time, we'll be reviewing the lore of our very own Japanese trickster deity, Susano, with my buddy Domenico over here. Hi. We'll be analyzing all the little bits and pieces that need picking out, but first, we're going to summarize the plot. Okay, Izanagi and Izanami are deities. They've been sent to the world to bring about lands which they inhabited, got married, and had kids. Izanami dies during childbirth, and Izanagi visits Izanami in the underworld. The two, after an unsettling contact with each other, are distanced from each other. Then the two quarrel, and Izanami chases Izanagi until Izanagi had ran from the underworld. Then Izanami becomes death, and Izanagi be makes other gods. Susano is born, as well as his other two twins. We know that once they grow up, Susano and Amaterasu have a more than bitter relationship. Susano is unruly and is eventually called out, but before he leaves, he visits Amaterasu. They get into an argument, eventually a bet, Amaterasu becomes a sore loser, and Susano becomes extremely mad. Banished from heaven, he lands on earth where he meets a family of three with an attractive daughter. The family is apparently sad, so he asks what's wrong. The eight-headed serpent Orochi terrorized their lands and ate the family's children, so he's like, Hey, if I kill this dragon, can I have your daughter? And of course, yes. So, Susana made a trap for the serpent. He ordered a fence around the family's house with eight windows in them, one for each end. Then, on the other side, tables with eight sake cups on them. When the serpent came back, it was quite easy to trick and slay the serpent. When the serpent's belly was a sword, he thought it would be a good idea to give Amaterasu, his sister, uh, the sword as an apology. Eventually, he married the daughter, the end. So, let's start. But what are we even supposed to be looking for when we, like, you know, analyze this stuff? Well, we have a sheet right here that states that every story needs an analysis of text in big black ink. So, start with, so let's start with that. Hmm. Metaphors, symbols, imagery, etc. I guess we should start with the sword and necklace and the men and women made out of them. You remember the bet they made? Is about who could birth more noble children, being, you know, the men and women, I could just said. True. Uh, why specifically the ancestors of Japanese nobility from that exchange? Which, of course, were the, you know, men and women. Well, it just makes sense, considering nobility should be higher of standing. Makes sense. When he gets banished, after Amaterasu throws a temper tantrum, of course, Susano responds the same way. That's the first part of the theme of regretment and atonement that we see in the story. I mean, imagine being God, being banished from heaven just simply because, you know, he just, you know, destroyed some land up there. Then, we can see he truly regrets his mistake after he slays the eight-headed serpent when he gives the good sword from the serpent's belly to Amaterasu. Just shows that you should always say sorry, right? Not many restrictors say sorry. Also, another thing to note is that the sword he gave Amaterasu was the sword that the first emperor, Japanese emperor was granted. Meaning, the role of deities was an important factor in the creation of the important roles of Japanese nobility and other stuff, whether the story is, you know, true or not. Mmm, so the eight-headed serpent, why eight? The story mentions a lot of eights everywhere, yeah. The number of tails, the heads, the open windows in the fence, all eight. Well. Eight in Japan is supposedly a lucky number, but don't let that mislead you. I think eight here means all or many. Some people also believe that the significance of eight almost everywhere in Japanese culture may be due to the four cardinal and four sub-cardinal directions as well. I believe way back when these stories have had to been used to teach the younger generations good morals. Otherwise, Susanna could have been a Captain Jack Sparrow type. 
speed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I feel like the way he's right now is good, right? In the stories, he's depicted as impulsive and unruly, driven by emotions as a storm god. You get to see some nice sides of him, especially during the, him meeting Amaterasu to say goodbye, like at the beginning of their conversation. He's honestly pretty solemn and chill, but for sure he's being the god of storms and seas, he's got definite mood swings for sure. Now, I'm seeing some similarities with the story in the Blackfoot folktale, Nappy and the Rock. Really? Now so, wait, first, how does it even go? Nappy and Fox are the new groove and played it Nappy and Fox are the new groove and played pranks on whatever moved. Eventually, the sun itself pranked Nappy and Fox and the earth became really freaking hot. So Nappy gives his coat to a nearby rock. The rock's like, oh, thanks, bro. I appreciate you. But then the sun hides for a second and the world becomes really cold. So Nappy comes back to ask for his coat again. The rock says no, because obviously it makes him look stylish. The both of them exchange an argument, then Nappy rudely takes the coat from the rock, right? So the rock just starts rolling at him. Then some birds known for their good clout comes in and splits the rock in half <laughs> to stop it from rolling. Okay, but I didn't see any s many similarities, really. Well, for one thing, both Susanna and Nappy are the staple trickster figure of their cultures. So there's that. Yeah, I guess. And both characters are impulsive and emotional sometimes. I mean, not false, but to be honest, Susanna is not that impulsive compared to Nappy. Yeah. Well, overall, I feel like the story was pretty good at teaching the younger generations about making amends with what's been wronged. It is a good respected seller. Okay. Uh, the story really pulls it together at the end to, you know, circle the feud between Amaterasu and Susano, making a nice happy ending, but all the same solemn and respectful. Anyways, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this Japanese segment of the World Trickster Figures. It was a pleasure to have you guys for this Japanese segment of Trickster Lore specifically. We covered a lot of topics about what there is to know about Susanoo the Storm God, and about the nature of Shinto and Japan itself. I hope to see you guys next week to walk into the world of Nappy and the Blackfoot Trickster Lore. See you soon! Bye! Mm -hmm.